my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Betting Above the Rim podcast, episode 31. Today's date, February 21st. In today's podcast, we'll do something different here. With us coming out of the All-Star break and games starting on the 22nd, let's reset the odds. We'll look at Eastern Conference or Western Conference win totals I like, a team or two to come out of the East and West, and then we'll go through some major awards who I like, not the Defensive Player of the Year, not the Rookie of the Year, because those odds are way too far gone. Obviously, with Gobert and Webin Yama leading the pack. And then we'll end it with the Cleveland Cavs all-time lineup. And welcome to this podcast. Let's get started. With the Eastern Conference, folks, right now, if you look at the East, the number one team in the East is the Boston Celtics for the record of 43-12 and 12 right now, followed uh, by Cleveland, upstart Cleveland with 36 wins, Milwaukee 35, Knicks with 33, 32 with uh, Philadelphia, 31 with Indiana, Miami, Orlando with 30 each. And I want to stop there because I want to look at the win totals, right? So as we get down the stretch for teams with anywhere between 25 to 27 games, let's look at some of the win totals. And I want to pull it up, and I want to focus on two of them today. Number one, we'll look at Milwaukee, and then we'll look at Orlando. If you look at Milwaukee, their win totals third in the East with 15 and a half wins. I'm going to go over with this, and here is why. Doc Rivers is 3-7 and seven to start the year, his career, I should say with Milwaukee. And this is a team that needs to kind of get going here. When you start to pull up Milwaukee's schedule, I know they have the third toughest schedule according to Tankathon, but I believe they only have three back-to-back games. Now, the big thing with Milwaukee is there's a West Coast trip. Well, I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's Denver, the Clippers, the Lakers, and I think the Kings, if I'm not mistaken. A four-game West Coast trip that could decide to go over-under. The key with that trip, folks, is none of them are back-to-backs. Now, a team like Milwaukee needs to play better down the stretch. And they're going to try, and they're going to try and chase Cleveland. Now, obviously, Cleveland's got the way easier record. That's why their odds are better to win the division. But I wouldn't sleep on a Milwaukee Bucks team with a lot of pride with Giannis Antetokounmpo, Damian Lillard, and a coach that I've gone after that's a lot to prove and Glenn Doc Rivers. I do think they're going to go over 15 and a half wins because I think there's pride on the line, and this team has to get going in order to make a run, in which to them, they got to make it to the NBA Finals, or it's a bust season for Milwaukee, even with Doc Rivers coming in midseason. The other team I want to focus on real quick is the Orlando Magic. 
a team that overachieved early this year, has slumped off, but then ended coming into the All-Star break with 7-3 record. Their over-under win total, folks, is at 45 and a half games. And the key reason why I like this so much for a team like Cleveland, folks, is Cleveland's got the easiest schedule left in the NBA this season. And with me, I think you got to look at winning somewhere between 46 to 47, 48 games to be a top six seed possibly in the Eastern Conference. So to me, with the fact that they have the easiest schedule, they play Detroit twice, they play Washington once, three times they play Charlotte, once they play Portland, twice they play Toronto, once they play Memphis. This is a team that wants to get into the playoffs with a young core uh, led by Apollo Pancaro. I think it's important for them to get over 45 and a half wins. I think they do it because also, folks, they don't want to end up in the playing tournament. That's the key. I know people have talked about it like, ah, oh, you rest your guys. No, you don't want to be put in a situation, folks, where it's one or two games where you don't play well and you're out. You want to be top six, especially a team like Orlando with that easy schedule. They're going to want to go top six. Let's go to the Western Conference here and look at the win totals or the records, I should see, first off in the West. Right now, the number one team would be Minnesota with 39 wins. Oklahoma City, one game behind in the loss column, 37 wins. 36 for both the Clippers and the Nuggets. 33 for Phoenix, 33 for Pelicans, 32 for Dallas, 31 for Sacramento, 30 for the Lakers, intriguing, 27 for Golden State. But I want to focus on a team in the 11th slot, and that's the Utah Jazz. Their win total, folks, at 36 and a half, I'm sorry, 37 and a half games. And when you look at the schedule, they have the fourth toughest schedule left to go in the NBA. And folks, remember, this is a team that overachieved last year and then went 8 and 14 down the stretch. Danny Ainge values draft picks and a full rebuild and a team like Utah. So with a team with a tough schedule that's got to play the Celtics, twice the Timberwolves, once OKC, once Cleveland, two versus uh, the Clippers, two versus Denver. Teams also have to play for. But even the fact they got to play the Houston Rockets three times, a team that I think is going to make a push to possibly get in there. And I do want you to maybe look at maybe them as well, the Houston Rockets, their win total over. But right now, under 37 and a half wins, for Lori Markkinen and the Utah Jazz. Let's go big picture now. Let's head to the Eastern Conference, and now let's look at who I like to win the East and who's my sleeper. To win the East, it's pretty obvious, folks. It's Boston. It's plus 110. It's near even money. They're the best team in the NBA. They've played the best. They have a 26-3 home record. They Listen, they had their struggles on the road, but I still say they have their struggles on the road, and they got the second-best record in the Eastern Conference on the road at 17-9. So how big of a struggle is it for Boston right now on the road? But when you look at this team, with the play of Tatum, with the play of Jalen Brown, with the infusion of Porzingis and Drew Holiday, the the, the, the maturity, I would say, of Joe Mazzulla as a head coach as we look at Jason Tatum, right? And obviously Drew Holiday. Yes, they are front-loaded. They picked up Xavier Tillman at the deadline, which I think was a sneaky good move because I think they need a little front court depth because you guys know I always get concerned with Al Horford and his age. But without a shadow of a doubt, 
If you're not picking Boston to win the East, you got to get your head checked. And I know it's even money, and it's not a great value, but it's something to take a look at. As for my sleeper team, don't think I'm biased. Folks, it is the New York Knicks at plus 650 with a record of 33-22. Remember, folks, they're coming into the All-Star break limping, losing four games in a row. But Hartenstein's back at practice. He may play tomorrow. DiVincenzo's back. Randall is closer than we think. OG should crank stuff up soon. Mitchell Robinson should be back sometime next month. And what that gives the Knicks, folks, is that gives the Knicks depth. And the Knicks team, folks, that has more depth than I would say any other team in the NBA. Now, listen, they don't have a top 10 player in the league. They don't have a top 15 player in the league. You would argue, is Jalen Brunson or Julius Rimble even top 25 in the league? I think Brunson is, is creeping up there and maybe could be in the top 20. But where do they beat you? They beat you with their depth and they beat you with their defense. And the key thing is, folks, is with the trade of OG Ananobi coming to New York, right, you have more guys with Ananobi, with DiVincenzo, with Bogdanovich, with Burks. You can stretch the floor. Driving lanes for Julius Randle. Driving lanes for Jalen Brunson. But the big thing, Two big things. One, the depth doesn't mean that Tibbs doesn't have to play his starters 40, 45 minutes, right? You got you have all these guys coming off the bench uh, with Tibbs. Here, obviously, there's a picture here of Tibbs with, with OG Ananobi. I even even mentioned uh, a player like a Josh Hart, right? Quentin Grimes has gotten moved by uh, Isaiah Hartenstein, who should stay in the starting line for the next for the remainder of the season, even when Mitchell Robson comes back. Folks, the Knicks are in play here to possibly win the East. It's about matchups, and I will say this. Unless Joel Embiid gets healthy, the only team I really truly believe in a seven-game series that can beat Boston, it's New York. The crazy thing is, the way Randall is in the playoffs, they could also turn around and lose to anybody in the first round. Let's move on to the Western Conference here, and let's take a look at two teams. Number one, I was all off of the Clippers when they got James Harden. But then something clicked the beginning of the new year. And they have the best record in the NBA since January 1st. Why, folks? It's because Kawhi Leonard is playing like the the Kawhi Leonard we know, right? And now PG-13 slides into that number two spot, right? And then you get Harden as your three. So now you have a big three of guys that, ready, folks, I think know their role. You add the fact you have Tyron Lue, who's one of the best coaches in the NBA, right? So you got guys that are sliding into their role. But it's more than that. They have one of the best uh, guards off the bench, and Norman Powell will give you 13.4 points per game. Ibaka Zubak still giving you 11.9, 9.5. And then there's Russ. And then there's Russ. At times, we've said it, let Russ cook. But Russ is cooking in a different way, and that makes him good. Don't only sleep on uh, the play of people like Trey Mann. They're getting Plumlee back. Daniel Theis. They got other guys that are back there. So don't sleep on them. To I shouldn't say sleep. They should be the favorites 
to win the Western Conference. My sleeper, you're not going to call him a sleeper, but the odds say so, <laughs> excuse me, is uh, Phoenix at 8-1, to 33-22 record. Uh, this is a team, is the reason why they're a sleeper focus is they're fifth, but they also have the toughest schedule left in the Western Conference. Actually, the toughest schedule in the NBA. And they're at 8-1. to one. But when you look at this team with, with the talent they have, with Bradley Beal accepting his role as, as, the, as the third, I guess the third piece, I guess you would say. When you look at a, a player of the acumen of, of, of a Kevin Durant, if you, if you look at a, a Devin Booker, right? You look at Frank Vogel, someone that's won a championship. They got enough pieces to get it done. Now, as you look at Katie, the concern you have with them is the depth, right? But in the trade deadline, they kind of address some of this, right? They still have Eric Gordon. They went and got Royce O'Neal. They got Eubanks has had serviceable minutes, right? They have a Koji. They got they got Thaddeus Young. They picked up. They got enough guys where they can make a run. Key, can they stay healthy? They stay healthy. They could be a sleeper. Let's move on to the individual awards, and let's run through these really quickly. Let's pull up the MVP odds where Nikola Jokic is a minus 125. Obviously, we know because Embiid is not going to make it, right, with the games. My pick is SGA at plus 210 with a sleeper of Jalen Brunton. Shop around, folks. I've seen 80 to 1. I've seen 100 to 1. I've seen 600. Like, shop around. Shop around. Right, you're gonna find different deals with different books, and it's gonna move, folks. But you can't mistake the play of Jalen Brunson, who has been absolutely fantastic for this New York Knicks team. A New York Knicks team that it's funny, folks. I was listening to him. Uh, he was with um, he was doing an interview. I, I think it may have been with Matt Barnes. I just saw a couple of hours ago, and think about the fact that Dallas could have had him for. Four for 55. And they wanted to play it out to the point where he outplayed that contract. And Jalen Brunson, who is having a career year, who has ascended himself to, I would say, <clears throat> one of the two or three best point guards in the league, 27.6 points, 6.5 assists, team playing phenomenal basketball, 84% from the line, 41% from three, 48.3% from the floor. Jalen Brunson is my sleeper to win the MVP, but to me, it shouldn't go to Joker. I think there's voter bias. Voter bias. I would go with SGA. Let's move on to six-man award <clears throat> and Tim Hardaway. Now, obviously, Tim has had himself uh, an up-and-down career. Tim can always score. Timmy can always score, right? And he's a different player than his than his dad. He, he you know, big Tim. Dad Tim was a point guard, shifty. This guy is more of a bucket getter. But you can't mistake the fact of what Tim Hardaway Jr. has done this year for the Dallas Mavericks at scoring 17.3 points per game as a career high. Uh, now, listen, he's, he's shooting it a little bit worse. Or actually, his field goal percentage is the best, uh, better than last year, 41.4%. He's shooting a little worse from three, 88% from the free throw line, 3.6 assists right around, a little bit over his career average. So Tim Hardaway's had to step up because a Dallas team that's lost bench pieces like a Spencer Dinwiddie, like a Christian Wood, like a Jalen Brunson over the years, Timmy's had to step up and be that third guy. And to me, he would be my pick 
for six man of the year. Let's move on to most improved odds. And this is one that I'm going to go with the favorite, and that's Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey has been absolutely fantastic. He's ascended his game to a top 30 player in the NBA. He is scoring at a ridiculous rate. He, his use rate is up. The ball is in his hands. He's able to do more, and that offense is running through him and Joel Embiid. And with Joel being out, he's had to step up. Tyrese Maxey getting you about 25.7 points per game, 6.4 assists. But if I had a sleeper, I'm going to go with Alferen Shingun, a.k.a. the Turkish treat. Alferen Shingun's getting you 21.2 points per game, 9.1 rebounds, 5 assists. Only player giving you 29.5 besides Alferen Shingun, Nikola Jokic. Not even a guy like Sabonis is giving you that because Sabonis also gets you about 19 points per game. And Shungun has been absolutely fantastic. If you just think about his career, folks, right, he has gone this year from 14.8 to 21.2 points per game. Now, his rebounding is up only 0.1. is at 9. His assists have gone from 4 to 5, right? So when you look at it, Alferen Shungun, 10 to 1, should be a sleeper to win the most approved player. Let's end it on coach of the year. Very close race, right? I'm going to go with Chris Finch because I think they're going to get the number one seed. And I think coming into this year, based off of last year, Mark Dagonal and what he's done at Oklahoma City, I think there was a little bit more of an expectation here. And remember how it was so bad last year with Minnesota. Like, people thought that Chris Finch was going to be out of a job, right? And what he's done with this team has been absolutely fantastic and getting them to be the best defensive team in the NBA, and I think they will end up with the number one record in the Western Conference. If I had a sleeper, here we go, New York buys. I know he's won it before. Tom Thibodeau at 25 to 1, what he's done with the Knicks. I was one of those people that last year, even going into this year, saying if it didn't work in New York, Tibbs was gone. And Tibbs has evolved. And that's the thing people need to realize. He's evolved. He's changed his coaching style to meet what he has. I will say this. If Tibbs can find a way, if Tibbs can find a way to get the Knicks rolling again as everybody comes back, folks, they are going to shoot up the Eastern Conference standings. They're at 33 wins. I think the Knicks have a chance to maybe, folks, ready? You think I'm crazy? They could get all the way to two to two. It is not out of the question. Let's end today's podcast by going over the Cleveland Cavaliers, a team that's played really, really well with Donovan Mitchell. And let's look at my bench all time for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Let's start with Terrell Brandon, Hot Rod Williams, Kevin Love, one of the greatest names of all time. World be free. Yes, folks, that was his name. Well, after you change it, of course. And then the big Z, Sadrunas Elgaskis. Now, we talked about Troll Brandon a little bit, because Troll Brandon, remember, folks, last week was on Minnesota. But, folks, he started his career in Cleveland. Two-time All-Star, 1992-93 All-Rookie Team. Scored about 13 points a game, uh, I think about seven, uh, about five assists per game. Got better when he left and went to Minnesota, but still, 
a really good underrated point guard in the mid-90s. How about John Hot Rod Williams? Now, there was also a guy named John Hot Plate Williams. Now, it is different. This is Hot Rod. Hot Rod, tall, athletic, bouncy, underrated defender, 86-87 all-rookie team, was part of those really good Cleveland teams in the late 80s, early 90s when he played John Hot Rod Williams with a couple of other guys that are on this list. Next up, he was the first team for Minnesota, second team here, and that's Kevin Love, five-time All-Star with Cleveland, 2016 NBA champion, two-time All-NBA, most improved, currently playing back again with the Cleveland Cavaliers in his second tour of duty. K-Love, I don't want to get into Kevin because we've already talked about him last week with his play in Minnesota. At the guard spot, world be free. Only played four or so years in Cleveland. And one of the more underrated scores of the late 70s and early 80s, world be free, could go get himself a bucket. Don't get it twisted. Y'all may not have heard about world be free, but world be free was a prolific score in the NBA and when he played with Cleveland from 1982 to 1986. At the center, the big man, Big Z. So Drunas Elgaskis was part of the center of those great Cleveland teams that had LeBron James, underrated center, 13.8 points per game, 7.7 rebounds, 1.6 blocks. This was close here. Two-time All-Star, All-Rookie team, 1997-98. So Drunas Elgaskis by center off the bench. And let's get to the starting lineup for the Cleveland Cavaliers. At the guard, I'm going to go with a two-point guard system here. We're going to go with Mark Price, Kyrie Irving. At the forward, LeBron James. Larry Nance, who I believe was on our list, if I'm not mistaken, for Phoenix. And Brad Doherty. Now let's start with Mark Price, one of the most underrated players of his generation, uh, 17 points per game, 7.8 assists, 41% for the three-point line, uh, three line. four-time All-Star, four-time NBA out of Georgia Tech, one of the best pure shooters in the history of the game. Like, if, I guess a good way to look at him is maybe like a, for, for the younger generation, like maybe like a Steve Nash, like a younger, like an older version of Steve Nash, not as shifty, but really good, really great score. Speaking of shifty, Kyrie Irving, Lord have mercy. I mean, I mean, I don't care what people say about him, about some of the stuff he says. I've met Kyrie. I found Kyrie to be a very great guy, but my man, he could score. Eight-time All-Star, 2016 NBA champion, and the one that took the big shot to win the title when he had LeBron. Three-time All-NBA, rookie of the year. And one of the reasons why, LeBron came back. And I know he's had his stops afterwards, you know, with Brooklyn and, and Boston, and, and now he's in, in Dallas. But Kyrie Irving, when he came out of the league, was fantastic. At the small forward, all hail to the king, LeBron James, 20-time All-Star, four-time champion, MVP, finals MVP, arguably the one of the greatest players of all time. I'm not even going into his accolades. Y'all know about LeBron. I'm not going to spend it because I could be here for 40 minutes talking about LeBron. At the power forward, Larry Nance, three-time All-Star, three-time All-Defensive player, part of that team, 
with Brad Doherty, who we'll talk about in a second, with Mark Price, with Craig Elo, with Jared Wilkins, part of those great Cleveland teams of the late 80s, early 90s, and they just could not get over the hump with when you had to deal with Detroit, when you had to deal with Chicago, right? When you had to deal with Boston, you had to deal with those teams. It was hard. Atlanta was good back then. The Knicks had a good run for a couple of years when Patino was there. Lastly, at the center, Brad Doherty, one of the more underrated players in his generation because of the fact that people will talk about Brad because of all the centers, the the, the Lajuans, the Ewings, the Robinsons, the Shaquille O'Neals, the Robert Parishes. None of people talked about Brad Doherty, five-time All-Star from North Carolina, 1991-92 All-NBA. Funny thing, Brad Doherty does stuff, I think, and for one, for one, for ESPN, he did NASCAR. Interesting enough. So that is my lineup for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Thanks for watching episode 31 of this podcast. For all things basketball-related, well, forget basketball, every sport, just download that da- the Sports Grid app, iOS, Google Play Store. It's your one-stop shop for all things sports gambling. Pre-game, in-game, post-game, props, predictions, and more from the best in the business. Folks, we'll be back next week with another Betting Above the Rim podcast. Shout out to Matty George, my producer that kills it as always. EJ, Vinny, helping out with the graphics and the B-rolls. We'll be back next week. Let's go with Oklahoma City Thunder. All-time starting lineup. Matt, I just changed my mind. We're going to go with Oklahoma City since you're at the top of the bracket. Thanks for listening for this podcast. I'll be back next week. Remember, folks, it's smarter to be on Sports Grid. Good night. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.